This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series and back with you guys for the Arsenal Transfer Podcast. We do this every single Tuesday. I wasn't able to do it last Tuesday because I was on holiday, but we're back ready to go for another week. And of course, as it is our Let's Talk Arsenal show on a Tuesday, it does of course mean we are sponsored by Football Prizes. And this week's prize is a pretty good one. We've got a Thierry Henry signed Arsenal shirt in a custom montage frame for you guys. So if you want to get a chance to win this great prize, all you need to do is go into the link in the description to Football Prizes, find the prize on there, and of course, get yourself a ticket. There is only three left. So you're going to have to be quite quick. Of course, one of our members will, of course, get the chance to hopefully, fingers crossed, be able to chance be winning with this one this week as well. So make sure you get one if you haven't already. Let's introduce you to my guests today. I've got a fantastic three parts of our Discord server joining us. They are, of course, our members. First of all, it's Vinny. How do you do, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, not, not, I was going to say no problem, but yeah, no, no problems here at all whatsoever. So uh, it's going to be an interesting show talking about some very, I mean, so, so likely transfer stories. Stories that are clearly going to come true is what we're going to talk about today. We're also joined by Pablo. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Hey, Tom, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having us again. Yeah. No problem. It's been time, but it's good to have you back on the show, mate. All good. And lastly, making up our quartet, it's Kian. How are you doing, fellow? Are you good? Are you well? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on again. No, Look forward problem, to getting this chat going. No worries, man. Absolute pleasure, as always. I mean, there's only one way to kind of start the show. You've probably seen there's been some absolutely massive news that's dropped today. Vinny, what are your thoughts on the Alex Ronison deal to Alte Spore uh, stalling? And it looks like he's not going to make it there. Oh, that would be horrific. Him and, a, what's his name, Oconwu or whatever his name is? Oconquo. Yeah, them go. two together as our backup keepers would be an absolute nightmare with flappy hands, Leno, <laughs> as the main keeper. Yeah, of course, we are We are being a little bit satirical. This it isn't the main news of the day, and you've probably seen from the thumbnail the news that's dropped. Um, the Telegraph uh, have reported that Arsenal apparently turned their attentions to Lautaro Martinez, 
the Argentinian striker currently playing for Inter Milan. They have their own financial difficulties to Inter, of course, owned by uh, Suning, the Chinese kind of backer at the club, and because of some governmental things going on over there, has now got to make some significant uh, kind of investment in regards, not investment, the complete opposite of that, has got to be making plenty of money to try and balance the books effectively, which is becoming a bit of a problem for them. And so they're having to offload quite a few players, which you've already seen Ashraf Hakimi go off to PSG and Martinez could be used and supposedly Arsenal are going to take advantage of that by inquiring into the players. So Vinny, I'll ask you properly, what, what are your initial reactions to this story? I think it's a bit of a dream if we can sign a player of his quality and potential, but I can't see it happening. But with with the way the world is at the moment and so many teams struggling financially, we should be putting offers out there and testing teams' resolves. If, if you look at Barcelona, if you look at Real Madrid, there's players there that we want. We should be putting bids in and letting them turn it down. If they're really struggling for money, it's going to be something that they they struggle to do. I think when you look at kind of a player like Martinez specifically and Inter, and not just them, but you look at Barcelona and the situation that they find themselves in, you've got players like Sergino Dest, Emerson, that have been touted around as possible players that will be available for transfer because these clubs on the continent have got such problematic kind of financial issues that, yeah, 100% Arsenal should be looking to try and take advantage of those players. Pablo, what do you make of the whole Lautaro Martinez? And is he someone that you'd like to see us push for? Yeah, I'd love to see him at the club, but again, like Vinny said, um, could be very unlikely, very unlikely. I mean, he's a brilliant player. Wasn't we after him quite a while back as well, before he went to Inter? I think we've been linked to pretty much everyone. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've been linked to everyone at some point, so surely. Yeah, true. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, even back then, I think if it's the same guy I'm thinking about, even back then, I really wanted him to come along. And it seems to have developed quite well in Europe. So yeah, he's a really good player. But again, it's just we're so static at the moment. I know Ben Mm. White hopefully will come through soon. But I mean, we're less than three weeks away for was it around about three weeks away from starting the league and still I'm worried I'm worried about the team we've got at the moment <laughs> yeah there's a lot to do and, and little time or rather diminishing time to, to get it done is is kind of the issue Kian when we talk about kind of realism of transfers I can see plenty of people in the chat box just saying it doesn't make sense or I was saying it won't happen like the, the, the basically there isn't really a, a feeling that it's going to get done Kian is experiencing some connectivity issues you may have seen freezing all over the place can you hear us he's gone he's, he's gone I think he's given up but Vinny what do you make of kind of like the realism around this deal like the likelihood of it actually happening I, I can't see it happening there's no way we're going to spend 90 million pounds on a player um Kronke putting his hand in his pocket to spend 50 million on white seems a bit much for me I'm surprised that he's investing that much let alone 90 million pounds on a player I wouldn't complain at it though but if you're going to spend 90 mm. million pounds I'd rather us go for Grealish do you think he's cost? I think he cost over a hundred million, to be honest. Like Jack Grealish. I mean, it's. I can't see Villa just accept. I mean, if you think about like the he signed a completely new contract with them. All of the control is in Villa's core, and they don't necessarily need to sell because they've got this new backer. I think that I do think he will go. My my instinct tells me he's going to go to Manchester City. Um, but I think it's going to be a hundred plus to, to get him in, which is that's that's yeah. why the market's just so crazy at the moment. Like we're mm. really struggling to get pennies for Xhaka, 
um, from Roma, and then you've got players like Grealish who can command 100 million plus. Yeah. The market is just the most insane it's ever been. It's just so top heavy with certain players costing loads and loads of money, but then you're, you're scraping to get pennies for decent players. It's mad. No, yeah, I mean, Joe Willock easily outscored Jack Sorry, Grealish in the second half of the season. <laughs> yeah, go on, Pablo. I was going to say that could be more down to us rather than the market, to be fair, because <laughs> we're rubbish and yeah, selling players as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every other club puts like this English tax on their players. Um, ours don't have it. <laughs> it's amazing because <laughs> they all it's, seem to go pretty cheap. It's the it's the perception, isn't it, of other clubs know that we are we need to sell, and other clubs know the fact that we need to make money, and so they are just going to lowball us, knowing that they and there isn't too much interest in our players as well, which is a bit of a problem. Let's see if we can bring in Kian uh, finally into the show. Are you there with us, Kian? Are you well? Are you good? He's muted at the moment. He's he's done. He's <laughs> absolutely no chance. He's about as effective at getting his internet to work as Arsenal are at selling players right now. Um, <laughs> Vinny, you only, I mean, there was a super chat earlier on. Let's address the super chat first because it does take us in a different direction. Erwin uh, Mateen says, uh, being super optimistic, but how do you feel if we got both Erdegaard and Madison, but no number six or eight right now? Uh, I think our midfield would be too weak. You need a defensive base to play from, in my opinion. I'd love Odegaard and Madison, but I think a number six and an eight are more important, arguably, than bringing in an attacking midfielder. Because at the moment, at centre-mid, all we've got is Partey, Lokonga and Alnani. And that's nowhere near good enough. And both of the two of them are going off to the African nations for a month in January. But, like, I'd love one of Odegaard or Madison. I think you're dreaming us getting both, but I think it's more important that we get the centre and midfield and the base sorted first because we've got quality attacking players. We've got Pepe, we've got Saka, we've got Smith-Rowe, we've got Aubameyang up top. We've got teams that players that can hurt teams. But the issue we got is you need a base to protect the mid the defence to attack from. Yeah, and for me, the, the number eight role, the number six or whatever we're going to play, the central midfielder is is the most important for me this window at this point. Like we just... Go on. Well, look how much we struggled when Ceballos had to slot in alongside Party towards the end of last year when he weren't playing mm. well. Teams were just walking through us in midfield. You, you need a solid base to play from. Pablo, when you see these links coming up, and I made a, a joking meme on Twitter about this, but Arsenal clearly have a need to get a central midfielder and a need to get an attacking midfielder. A right back is, is also something that people want to see us sign. And you see a 40 million link to Tammy Abraham and now a 60 million link to Lautaro Martinez, both of whom are strikers of which we have a plethora of forwards available to us right now. How does that make you? Does it make you frustrated that that's kind of the situation at the club? And always, obviously, we spent fifty million pounds on a centre back, which is a position that I genuinely didn't think we were going to be going there heavy for this summer as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the whole Martinez thing, and even I know Abraham is sort of picking up quite a bit of momentum, but um, I think the whole Martinez thing is just paper talk. So until they actually sign, um, I wouldn't really sort of be too concerned about it. Um, mm. I think. Arteta knows. One thing, you can say many things about Arteta, but one thing that he does do well is actually see the errors in the team and try to sort of rectify it from what we've seen from him and Edu so far. I mean, that's one thing I've been quite impressed with them with is um, how they're sort of identifying our weaknesses. We're not getting them, 
not getting the mm. players, but they know what the weaknesses are. Um, for whatever reason that's going on in the background, we just can't seem to get the movement going quick enough. Um, and in terms of Ben White coming, um, I think you've said it yourself before, Tom, I mean, losing David Luiz um, on that right-hand side, I think that would have made our defence a lot weaker this season. And adding Ben White, who can progress the ball from defence to attack, um, is kind of almost doing what David Luiz used to do, but a younger version. And I actually think it's going to be a brilliant sign, and I'm really happy with him. It is mad, isn't it? Because thinking about how we didn't really think that a centre-back was going to be kind of one of the main areas we were going for. And now we're getting this guy in. I mean, have you, you've seen Vinny, I'm sure, on social media and in some places, this kind of obsession between comparing the Ben White signing and the Rafa Varane signing at Manchester United. And obviously, like from the outside looking in, one year in the Premier League, £50 million. And then you've got uh, three times, I think he is, maybe even more than that, Champions League winner in, in Rafa Varane at Man United uh, for a, a slightly lesser fee. And you can see why the, the context is there to kind of take the mick and poke fun at Arsenal for that. But do you think it could come back to kind of bite United fans in that sense, in that way? I, I do, but there's there's two things. The, the question you've got to ask yourself is why would Varane want to come to Arsenal at present? We're, mm. we're, we're a team that's rebuilding. He can go to Manchester United and he can play Champions League football. We're, we're, we're in a different position to United and we're a little bit behind them in our rebuild. And we need to be buying younger players, bringing them through and building a team for the future. And Ben White's that. He's a quality player. He, he brings the ball out of the fence so well and he's going to change the way in which we play. It's going to allow us to play higher up the pitch and press higher up the pitch. And like... Varane's a good player, but firstly, he's not going to want to come to us. And then two, he's the wrong age profile for what we're looking to build. He's he's an older player and, and he's ready-made. We need a player for the future so we can build a young team going forward. And we fought really well since Arteta come in. Look at the players that we've got, except for Willian, obviously, who, who has struggled and shocked quite a few of us. But Gabriel coming in, brilliant sign-in. Party coming in, brilliant sign-in. Ben White looks to be a quality player for the future. And Lakonga looked brilliant on the weekend. And these are the sort of age profile that we need to be buying. Young players that are going to come into their prime in a couple of years when we can compete. We'll bring Kian back in. We'll see if we can get this working. Uh, Kian, we're just talking there about kind of the signing of Ben White and looking at kind of that area of, uh, I suppose, the age profile and specifically the Varane as well, thinking about the fact that Man United have gone and got this 28-year-old, clearly a very good defender. Um, but when you look through the squad and you see Ben White, 23, Kieran Tierney, 24, Saka, Martinelli, uh, Smithrow, of course, too. You've got a, a smattering of more experienced players like Pepe at 26, Partey at 28, Aubameyang, Lacazette, of course. Do you think we're trying to get that balance right in the squad? And do you, are you excited about kind of the profiles of players that we're being targeting? Yeah, definitely. Um, ben White's as much as people didn't want him for his price tag of 50 million, I think he's a fantastic signing. Um, it, when he does finally sign, um, I think Kieran Tierney, if Bellerin does go, by the looks of things, I'd say he'll be vice captain if he's not captain. Um, as Because that space will be filled since Bellerin is our vice captain at the moment. Um, when it comes to the young players, the only one that I'm not really excited by is Tammy Abraham. I uh, don't really want to see him come into the club. But with the likes of Lorento Martinez that we were linked to with today, 
I don't know if that'll happen or not. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't really tell to be honest with you. Um, but when it comes to Smith, oh, we were going so well. <laughs> we were going so well. He's back. We've got him. You went for a second, Kim, but uh, we, we've got you back. Um, <laughs> we've got your back, son. Hopefully, we'll get around to the next question as well, and you will have stabilised once again. Uh, Vinny, when, let, let's kind of focus oh, on some God. of the outs because obviously <laughs> we haven't ultimately been able to get in kind of the players that we want. Um, he could have said a lot worse, to be fair, in that moment, so I'll, I'll deal with that. Um, <laughs> in regards to kind of the players that we're trying to get out, we were saying, I'm making a joke earlier on about how kind of the, the level of player that we're seeing going for that amount of money in Ben White, and we can't get kind of anything on Jack Grealish, we talked about too. Uh, and Katia, Reese Nelson, Lucas Torreira, Granit Xhaka, Kalasinac, all of these players that we want to try and move on this summer and we're not getting the fees for, and they haven't yet moved on. We had a bit of a discussion about this, and I put a poll out on Twitter. Do you do you think the club are genuinely doing all they can to try and move on these players or do you think there is more that they could do to try and get them out the door i do i think it's a difficult market i think there's a lot of teams which don't have money you, you look at Xhaka, they want him in italy but the problem is all of the italian teams are broke so you you, you can't sell a player if there's no buyer there and that's the problem and i think a lot of people and a lot of fans they list off at the start of each transfer window, we can sell this player for this amount of money, this player for this amount of money, this player for this amount of money, and then we can go out and buy these players. It, it's not as easy in real life as it is on Football Manager or as it, or as it is on FIFA. And I think there's going to be some tough decisions that we're going to have to make later in the window about what we're going to have to do about some of these players if we can't sell them on. Because you look at the likes of Torreira. Torreira said that he wants to to move on. I'd, I'd love him to stay if we can convince him, but I don't think we're going to be able to. But if no one comes in with an offer over 15 million, we're better off keeping him. Same as the players like Niles and stuff like that. But I just think that the, the team... the that the team are trying to sell players. It's just a very difficult market. It's a really difficult situation as well because typically, if you think about players like Nelson and Ketia, um, Maitland-Niles, these players that are obviously English youth products that are coming through, the pl- when you're selling to other Premier League clubs, which is usually where English players tend to stay, they tend to stay within England, the same as we've got this problem with Locatelli, Italian players tend to stay in Italy. And it's not really, you see, that that often those players going abroad. There is a little bit of a trend of of some English players going off to, say, Germany. But as Reese Nelson did, of course, on loan briefly at Hoffenheim. But I don't look at those players as having the relative kind of quality to to garner the interest. There was a little link between Nketiah and Bayer Leverkusen. But when they've got someone like Patrick Schick, I don't really think that makes too much sense right now. So you're then limited to, say, an English market which at the lower ends, as we are seeing with Newcastle, has been very affected by the pandemic. And then you've got the other clubs at the top level that can seemingly spend a lot more money, but they're not going to be interested in those players because they're just not of the level. And so you're kind of caught in this catch-22 of of this situation where you haven't really got any suitors. Now, with Maitland-Niles, he's an interesting one. And and Joe Willett's kind of got this same situation, Pablo, whereas in 2020, we could have sold Maitland-Niles to Wolves for, say, 15 to 18 million. We chose not to, and it didn't work out, and we sent him on loan to West Brom. This summer, Joe Willett could leave for a decent figure, let's say around 20 million pounds, but you've then got the decision to make. Do you keep Joe Willett and say, let's give him a chance after a great loan spell, or do you accept that figure knowing that 
next summer, he may not be worth that because it didn't actually turn out the way that we might have hoped it would have. Yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one, really, because the thing is, is um, like you say, twenty million pounds is a decent fee. I think for an up-and-coming English youngster that had such a good loan spell last season, yeah. I think we could get more for him. Now, yeah. had Newcastle come up with 30, 35 million, then you'd be going, well, look, he's, he's had a bit of a chance at Arsenal, didn't work out. We could get 35 million and replace him for a really decent player. But the fact that we're not getting anywhere near that price tag, I think for 20 million, um, it's a bit of a difficult one because what do we do? We've played him. Mm-hmm. We have played with him and it didn't work. Maybe it doesn't suit Arteta's system. <laughs> so get the 20 million and get someone else in. Possibly could be a could be a choice, but I know a lot of Arsenal fans want to see him here next season because of his loan spell. But prior to his loan spell, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see Vinny. Vinny, Vinny might have a little little sway in this, but um, yeah, I think before the loan spell, though, I don't think many Arsenal players would have wanted him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and mm. then twenty millions for a um, a Woolock before the loan spell would have been a good price. 20 million after his loan spell, you're talking a different kettle of fish. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit of a tricky one. Go on, Vinny. I'll let you go for gold on this. You're desperate. It, 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 it's true. Well, remember we did um, a poll and you did a show on it um, yeah. a, a while ago, but I did a poll in the Discord group before that. And mm. this was before quite early on in his run of goal scoring. And the, the, the jump up was massive in, in them like a week or two from players, uh, from fans wanting Willock to go to them wanting him to stay. But for me, the boy needs to be given a chance. He's 21. He's only young. He's gone out on loan and he's absolutely smashed it. If you got over 30 million, yes, that's something that you would consider maybe selling him on and then looking to bring in someone like Odegaard, who we think has suit the system more. But for me, Willock needs to be given a chance. We haven't had a central midfielder who arrives late in the box and scores goals since uh, since Ramsey. And I think we've missed that. We've, we we missed that other option that can pop up and score a goal. People seem to fall in love with these tippy-tappy um, passing midfielders who, who don't really run at players and, and don't get in the box on the end of things. I, I would like to see someone like Willock in the squad because it gives us a different option. When, team, when teams are set in a low block and they're sat back, he's a player who can arri- arrive in the box late. It's difficult to pick up a player arriving in the box late and score us a header. And that's something yeah. we really lacked this year. When we crossed the ball, there was just no one in there in the air, especially when Lacazette weren't playing up top. And he's not the best player in the world, but he still scored a few headers this year. Do you think Willock's happy doing that, though? Do you think he'd be happy to kind of be this plan B option that is just the guy, if we're playing against low blocks, to come off the bench and play the last 20 minutes? And, you know, is he going to be happy doing that? Well, that's what he was for Newcastle at times. And he didn't complain when he was doing it there. Willock, for me, looks like he's got a good attitude. And he also gets stuck in on the tackle. He works hard. I think we should give him a chance. Just because he doesn't uh, fit the mould of the attacking midfielder that everyone desires, I, I, I think he gives us a different option. Uh, sorry, can I just bite in there quickly? I think, I think um, it's not necessarily doesn't fit the mould of what people want. I think, don't think it fits the mould of what Arteta wants. That's where I think the issue is, where at Newcastle, you had the reins to just run around and do whatever he wanted. Pretty much was like a free role. Um, yeah. At Arsenal, he won't get that. He will not get that. He'll be more structured because that's the way Arteta likes to play. 
Um, everybody will have their sort of own individual responsibilities to do. He won't have that free role that he had in Newcastle. So that's why if we're expecting to see the Newcastle Joe Willock at Arsenal, I find that very hard to see because, like I say, it's just not, it's, I think it's more down to the manager rather than the player himself. Yeah. In the chat box, uh, I did say, will it keep or sell? And going through some of your responses, Ashwin saying keep, uh, Social saying keep, Bobster saying 30 million is would be his kind of cutoff point. Uh, Josh Hunter says 20 to 25 million would sell. Uh, Dave Lincoln says it's time to sell. The timing is right. Uh, probably not me, says keep. We need goal-scoring midfielders. HV says sell. Uh, he has had enough chances. Thomas Reese says 20-plus million would sell. Uh, Gregory Villa says, we'll look, sell only because we need the money right now. Uh, Wayne Sage says, sell. Give him a chance at some other club. He's not good enough. Uh, PAPP says, a good offer coming in. Then I would sell. And uh, scrolling down a little bit further, Lee Tony Morris says, sell, but for no less than £30 million. And Ocean points out, yes, I am drinking out of a water bottle like I'm on Love Island, and uh, it's just how the world is right now. <laughs> If you're not watching it, I don't know what you're doing with your evenings. I genuinely don't. Uh, in regards to kind of uh, moving into kind of the areas of, of possible ins, we've, we've touched upon Lautaro Martinez. We've touched upon Ben White's possible coming in. Uh, we haven't actually done one of these shows uh, since we've signed a couple of players, ironically. It's kind of the first podcast, uh, Arsenal Transfer podcast, we've been able to do since uh, we have actually signed Nuno Tavaj and, and Sambi Lakonga. So, Vinny... On those two signings, I know they're not starters. Well, we assume they're not starters. Lukonga could prove certainly to be one, much less so Nuno with with uh, Tierney in the way. But what have you made of kind of what you've seen in pre-season of those two and, and of the signings in general? Lukonga looked brilliant in his first game. He, it, it, it was quite funny that his first um, possession on the ball, he was tackled by Holden and dispossessed by his own <laughs> player. But, he, he, but he, he was really good. Every time he got the ball, he's picking the ball up. He's moving it quickly. He's looking for forward passes. He picked out Lacazette through the lines two or three times, which was which was quite impressive. And every time he got the ball, he just kept it moving. And he was involved in our goal that I think Lacazette finished. And it was just brilliant play all around from the team. Um, with Nuno, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but he's, he's, he's going to be a, a, a risky gamble anyway as a player um, after the feedback we heard from Benfica. Um, before he come to us but he, he looks a physical specimen and gets forward a lot my only worry is probably his naivety defensively um, but it's very difficult to tell from a, a game against Millwall but he, he does look like he pushes on a, a, a little bit too much for my liking but that might be the way that we want to play Pablo how do you feel about the, the two signings that we made so far and uh, and how you kind of expect them to be used this season yeah, I mean, from what we've seen so far, I mean, obviously I've watched the Millwall game and um, watched the Rangers game. I didn't get to watch the first game, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, and from what I've seen so far, they look pretty good, especially the Congo. I actually really like the look of him. I think he's, I'm not saying he's ready to come into the starting eleven. Um, I still think we need a bit more maturity and someone a bit more sort of experience, especially Premier League experience. I'm still sticking to that one. But um, to me, I just think that he's... Um, He's, a, he's, he's going to be a talent. He literally is going to be a talent. Um, as far as that Tavaz goes, I think um, Tavaz goes. He. Yeah. Um... I say Nun. I say Nun Tavaz because that's what he said in the interview. But like <laughs> people going, going, it's Tavares, and I'm like, but, but that's not what he said. Nah, <laughs> I speak Portuguese, so you're right, Tom. That's how he said. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. But um, he, um, yeah. So basically. 
you know, he knows what he came into the team for. Yeah, um, as to be a backup for Kirantini. Yeah, um, he'll hopefully develop a little bit like Vinny said, a bit worried about his defensive side of things. Attacking wise, he looks really decent, pretty fluent, seems to slot straight into the team. But defensively, is where he, he hasn't been tested yet. And, um, and before he came, that's what everybody was worried about was his defensive side of the game. So I'd like to see him prove me wrong and see that, well, not prove me wrong, but just show me what he can do defensively. Yeah, that's the thing about Nuno is that it's kind of like that he's not yet been tested defensively. Like he's looked good in the games that we've got because he's been able to attack in in those games. And I mean, the goal he scored against Rangers is very good. He weren't lying about the fact he can shoot with his right foot. He proved that. But it, it is going to be if Tierney is injured for a prolonged period of time, we're going to have to rely on this guy to, to be the backup. And obviously we've got the cup games because we've got no European football. I'm hoping that Arsenal do genuinely push for the Cups this season because we don't have Europe. And so when he plays those games, he's still not going to need to be on it and, and be able to give Kieran Tierney a rest should he need it. And so that's that for me is going to be the big crux and the test for him. But I like the fact that we didn't go for kind of a little diminutive left back. We went for someone who was more physical and gave us that kind of that attacking edge. It wasn't like a... not as, I was going to say Callum Chambers, not because of like his... Lacking in speed, so that's things because Savage has got that speed, but more so because he's he's that strength and he's not that diminutive like say a Max Aaron's would have been or a Josh Doig. But well, I don't know too much about Josh Doig, but he doesn't look particularly kind of imposing on the pitch like that Savage really does. Um, let's look at some of the other players that, of course, have been linked of late with a move to Arsenal, and specifically looking at kind of the areas of midfield. The big one has been, as well as Lautaro Martinez today, is this news about Martin Erdegaard that won't go away. Uh, that Real Madrid have done a bit of a U-turn on the Norwegian and now he supposedly could be available for a transfer. Vinny, I know you're a massive fan of, of Martin Odegaard and I know that you'd love to see him back. But for, for me, and what I'm most interested, because I, I know you could wax lyrical about how much you'd like to sign him, but I kind of want to know what your max kind of realistic figure around the financial side of the deal is because we were quoted around £50 million previously. And I just feel like for six months of a player, and I like him, don't get me wrong, but I'm just not sure if that's a sensible amount of money to put down on, on Odegaard or not. I'd pay fifty million for him. <laughs> that doesn't it, surprise it, me. It, 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't understand why people are, are happy to spend seventy, eighty million on Madison, but they're not happy mm. to spend fifty million on Odegaard. Odegaard's twenty-two. He's a quality player. You got to think he got dropped into the Premier League and only had six months to make a statement in the Premier League. And in them six months, I know Emil Smith-Rowe helped with that, but our form went from dire, bollocal, like horrific form to second best in the league. And what I like about Odegaard as well, I think it maybe his shooting and his final ball needs to improve a little bit upon the stats that he pulled together for us this year. But he picks up the team by the scruff of his neck and drives us forward. I, I have no problem with assigning 50 million for a 22-year-old who's got bags of potential. There's a reason that Real Madrid paid so much money for him. I think obviously they they paid so much money for him as as a 16-year-old, uh, and he was I think he became the most expensive 16-year-old at the time. I think Vinicius Junior then took again Real Madrid took over that record. But looking at kind of him as a player, what I get frustrated is I think when people underestimate what he actually does for the team. Vinny, you picked up on the fact there that he obviously takes games by the scruff of the neck, and I feel that that is something he's very proactive on the pitch. 
But it's actually his passing that is so good. Like his vision on the pitch, the way in which he passes into the box very directly. You look at the accuracy of his passes into the box. They're so high. I think it's something like upper 80 percentages. And it's ridiculous of how accurate his passing into the box is. And we desperately needed that injection of kind of incisiveness into the team in the second half of last season. And we got it. And it's not surprising that we have one of the best Premier League form runs of the entire league during that year. Obviously, Smith Rowe was another big part of that as well. But Erdogan, definitely played his part in that and Pablo I'll ask you the same question about price as well and how kind of high you'd go to but is is Erdogan someone that you would be looking to to come in for or as Vinny said there he kind of struggling to kind of fathom the idea of picking or spending so much on Madison whilst then not being able to willing to go for a certain fee on on Erdogan but who would you kind of prefer out of the two and and then how much would you really pay for Erdogan? So for Erdogan I'll go 40-50 million uh, personally as well, but I'd, I'd be happy to, if they said we sign Odegaard for 50 million, wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, and the reason being is, is because for one, you can see his potential, like we said, like Vinny said as well, once he's had six months here in England, yeah, and he's managed to make a massive difference to our team. And not only has he come and made a massive difference, but one thing that I've got a gripe against signing players from outside of Premier League at the moment is because the bedding in period, where you sign an Odegaard, you don't have a bedding in period because he's already done it six months ago. Yeah? So he knows how Arteta plays. Arteta knows what he's capable of. So he's a player that you would sign and slot straight into the squad. Yeah. Um, mm. So to me, like I say, a 40, 50 million price tag is pretty fair. Um, would love Madison as well, though. Um, I think Madison is absolutely brilliant. But either or, obviously not both, but either or. Yeah, the thing about Madison is that I like him and I think obviously this this kind of idea of, of having more English players is something that we've desperately needed to do for a while because we've been so heavily reliant on buying from the continent and that transition that you talked about, Pablo, is, has been so rife that it's taken so long for players to kind of get up to speed. So I like the fact that we're going for the likes of Ben White. I like that we're linked. I mean, I don't like the idea of spending £30 million on Aaron Ramsdale. I suppose we'll talk about that now. But I like the, the idea that our backup keeper would be a homegrown option. But Vinny, I just can't fathom the, the £26 million bid that, that Arsenal are expected to go in for. Can you make some sense of it? And how do you feel about that scenario? I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen enough of Ramsdale on the mm. ball to judge how good of a player he is and suit in our system. I've, I've seen... I've seen Did you not good... watch the tactical breakdown? <laughs> I watched the tactical breakdown, but you, you, you're not seeing, a, you're not seeing of him course. play yeah. out of the fence and how he reacts under pressure. He looks a great shot stopper, but... If you're going to be spending 26 million, it needs to be the ready-made article, and it needs to be a starting keeper, really. And and, and there again, like we're spending 26 million potentially on on him when we could spend that money on Odegaard, who's quality. Yeah, I agree. Um, just before I ask Pablo about Ramsdale, in the chat box, we are going to be moving on to the last, just done a half an hour of the show. So we do move on to the part of the show in which you can ask your questions. And we're going to go through as many of those as feasibly possible. So if you do have a question, please use a capital Q in the chat to make them stand out. And we'll try and go through as many of them as we feasibly can. So Pablo, Aaron Ramsdale, Sam Johnston. We've just seen Chelsea sign Bettinelli, who was a, a free transfer, homegrown player, was at Fulham, helped them get up to the Premier League. That's a smart bit of business, again, by another club. So well, how are you feeling about the backup goalkeeping situation? Uh, well, you can look at it in two ways. If this is not going to affect like the rest of the transfer market, if it's like if we're taking that 
26 million pounds that could be spent elsewhere um, and we're going to struggle afterwards, then to me, that's an issue. Yeah. But as we've said before, it's not my money. I don't care. But if you're going to sign a goalkeeper for 26 million pounds and he's potentially going to be your number two, at least for this season coming, I should imagine, um, then you need to spend the, <laughs> on midfielders, right back and everything else that we need for this club. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if you sign a Ramsdale and then don't get another centre midfielder or don't get a right back, don't get what we need, then I'm sorry, but you've failed uh, on your transfer targets because mm -hmm. you've gone for a completely wrong option. So to me, like I say, if you're going to spend that money, then you better back it up for the rest of the team because it that would really annoy me if we spend £26 million on a goalkeeper and we got nothing to show for it afterwards. Yeah, if it prices us out of moving for these key targets, and I think that back backup goalkeeper is a very important part of this summer, don't get me wrong, but it's just about how you allocate the funds to those certain areas. And as you say, Pablo, if we do end up spending that amount of money on a backup keeper and then don't, say, spend 30-plus mil on another centre mid, we don't go, we aren't able to, say, go and splash on Erdogan or, or a Madison or whatever because we've done that. It, it's it's just so annoying when you've seen and it's I, I get and I like the idea of going for homegrown players but surely you could get a good homegrown centre mid or a good homegrown attacking midfielder as well I mean you people suggest James Will Prowse as a centre midfield option that would be a good homegrown option that you could get for around 30 to 35 million pounds and I think that's a sensible choice in that position but to then go say and get a non-homegrown backup keeper like an Onana which I think actually would be an upgrade on, on Leno anyway or say you could have got a Matt Ryan. I know he's gone to Sociedad now, but that option was there at the time for, for absolutely nothing. So it's it's frustrating. And hopefully if we do see Ramsdale come in, to me, it's a bit of a signal that maybe that we do have more money to spend than we currently kind of are thinking about. And I included that in the in the piece about how we could sign Latara and Martinez, because if you're looking at kind of the players a bit, I mean, we put a 30, 26 million pound bid in for Buendia, a 26 million pound bid in for Rams. Uh, it looks like we're going to do that for Ramsdale anyway. We, we're looking like we we are spending money this window, 50 million for Ben White, 24 million for Tavares and, and Sambi Lekonga combined. It looks like we have resources in the window it's just specifically that what we're struggling with is is trying to to kind of see where the targets are going to be because it's gone so quiet in, in that area anyway let's jump into the chat box and go for as many of these as we can there are quite a few guys as you can imagine so let's try and keep our answers a little bit condensed and then we can get even more Vinny, we're going to start off with this uh nashville Gunner says graham potter for arsenal what do you think <laughs> who's graham potter Good answer. Let's give you a serious question. Alcarp says, uh, what do you think about Zakaria, uh, the Borussia Mönchengladbach Swiss midfielder? What about him? I think, I think, as you've said, why are we signing a player that can't get into the Swiss team when we're selling Xhaka because apparently he isn't good enough? Xhaka's a quality midfielder and the fan base hate him. So what, what, <laughs> what, 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 so, so why are we going to sign the player who can't get into the team ahead of him? Uh, for, yeah. for, for me, it's a no-go. And this is the thing is, and I said this before, and people took that as me criticizing Zachariah. And it's not a criticism of Zachariah. It's just a basic fact that if we're moving on a central midfielder, I want to upgrade upon him. I don't want to sign someone that's not getting in ahead of Granite Xhaka in the team. And whilst I like Zachariah and I think he's got the potential to maybe be better than Granite Xhaka in the future, 
I want someone coming in right now that improves so we can push for a top four place next season in that position. So I think that's important to say. Um, I mean, we've talked about Ramsdale. Joe Kim says, why have uh, Leno? We have Leno. Why do we then need Ramsdale, Pablo? What do you make of kind of the idea of bringing in kind of a Premier League proven goalkeeper to be a backup when we've got Leno already? Uh, I mean, it could be, like I said, what I just mentioned a minute ago, is that if you're bringing someone like that in, I think you're going to bring him in to eventually be your number one. And then you'll have that transition season where he's coming in, getting used to the club, um, getting used to the way we play. And then the next summer, sell Leno, and then you've got your number one goalkeeper there ready to sort of take his place. Um, that's the only explanation I can give because of anything else rather than that is just absolutely ludicrous. But I know we def definitely need a backup goalkeeper, but mm. it's just a money issue with me. Uh, Bevan said, what do you think of the Lautaro link? Uh, Bevan, we talk a lot about the Lautaro and Martinez stuff at the start of the show. So if you want to rewind, uh, then you can hear everything that we've got to say on that. Uh, we are uh, going to be joined by a third guest uh, almost immediately. In fact, I think he's ready. Here he is. It's Jared. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Doing really good. How are you guys? Yes, I mean you're panickingly trying to sort out your microphone, but it's fine. You look good, mate. Don't, and and you've gone for the yellow theme as well. He got the memo. It's just me and Pablo that didn't get it. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Been here, right there, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through some questions uh, as well. And uh, Jared, we'll go straight to you on this one. Uh, Jean Rene and Shuti says, uh, "Would you sign Madison as an eight and Erdogan as a ten? Or I mean, or either or? I think both is a, a stretch." <laughs> I would take either. I, I don't think both is really in the cards, nor do I think both necessarily really work together perfectly. Mm. Um, of the two, if, if money was no object, I would take Madison because I think he's clearly the better player of the two, at least right now. Um, Odegaard, I did like. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so you're making Vinny's blood boys like, no, Odegaard. <laughs> and, and I like Odegaard. I'd be really happy to have him back. I absolutely yeah. would. But I think right now today, who makes us better this coming season? Uh, I think that that's got to be Madison. He's just had a much, much more successful career thus far. And I think there's a lot more to go on as far as his track record. And, and more than anything, the two major needs we need are goals from the midfield and chances created. And those are two of his biggest strengths. So I just, I think he just fits a lot of our needs really well this season. So I'd go Madison of, of the two. Good stuff. Uh, Elite Alpha uh, Male says here, Vinny, uh, do you think we're going to sell up to eight players? Do you think we're going to buy a goalkeeper, a centre mid, attacking midfielder and a central midfielder? Do you think that's a, a realistic expectation? I think we're going to struggle to sell the players. I, I think one or two of them may end up staying with us, uh, which we were look at, looking to get out. Um I do think we're going to sign a goalkeeper, a centre mid and an attacking mid. The, the, the fact that a lot of the players we're being linked with are attacking midfielders, I think we're definitely going to sign one. Goalkeeper, we have to with our current situation. And centre mid, I think we need to as well. And, and Unless he somehow manages to persuade Torreira to stay and Torreira does that job. But, but I think we will sign all three of them players. But I think we will struggle to get out eight. I think we'll get out four or five. Uh, Pablo CA says, with the signing that we have uh, and the ones that we may predict that we will get, do you think what we're going to do will take us to the top four? And if we don't get to that top four with what you think we're going to do, what is this process? <laughs> well, okay. Um, no, personally, I don't think we are going to get into the top four. I think that's um, the problem is 
I mean, you look at the signings that we're making, I think they're all, and the players that we're kind of linked to, are kind of making Arsenal a better squad. Yeah, and even a better 11, hopefully, if we get the players that we have been linked to. Um, but we're still, I think, a little bit far behind the likes of like Chelsea, Liverpool, City. I mean, you're getting even some of the smaller clubs, and I will call them a small club, I don't care, Aston Villa, um, <laughs> Tottenham, I could go on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So to me, is like, even these teams, I mean, I saw, um, is it Leon Knight is linked with Aston Villa? Um, uh, Leon Bailey. Is it Bailey? Knight. Knight. Leon Knight, I think you're thinking of the guy that Wayne Rooney's just ruled out for 12 weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Liam Bailey. I mean, I mean, they're, they're making serious moves in the transfer market. Um, so although we're doing our bit, we're not doing it quick enough. We're not making enough signings and everybody else around us is actually strengthening. So top four is really tough to get. Uh, Jared Social uh, says, we still talk about needing a right-back. Do you not think that Arteta maybe sees Ben White as a replacement at the right-back position, or is this just smoke and mirrors? I, I think it's possible. I'm not sure that we know exactly what it's going to look like yet, just depending on the outgoings we're able to get. I mean, if, if we certainly if we don't sell Bellerin, I don't think we're bringing in a right-back. When we have him, Chambers, Cedric, Maitland-Niles still with the squad, if we don't move some of those guys out or we're not able to move them on, we're certainly not going to sign another one to where we have five options there. Um, I still think it's not impossible that we may see a little bit of back three at times this year against some of the bigger teams. I know early in the season, I think weeks two and three, we play Chelsea and Man City. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We see a back three in those games that would you know, be Gabrielle holding and, and Ben White on the right side of that. Mm. Um, in a back four, I, it's maybe possible. I, I don't think that's the way we want to go with him at the right back. I think if you spend $50 million on a center half, you want him playing in their natural position. But we, we've seen Arteta does seem to like holding. I think he has a little bit of, feels a little bit safe with him in there at times. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly that transition takes place uh, with White kind of overtaking him if we do play a back four. Because like I said, I think Arteta does like holding and wants to get him some minutes. So I think we could see Ben White on the right side of a back three some here and there, but I don't expect to see him a whole lot as just an out-and-out right back in a back four. Uh, Vinny, Sheath King says, why aren't we questioning the self-sustaining model more in the midst of a pandemic economy? I mean, it's a tough question because I think it links kind of into how much we look like we're going to be spending this summer. Is do you, do you Are you bothered about that affecting kind of our self-sustaining model and us put ourselves in debt with with transfers coming in? Um. Uh, it, it depends how much we spend, but now I want to see us spend some money. We haven't spent money in ages. Cronky's been keeping it all to himself. So maybe this is him committing to us a little bit or trying to get him off, get get um, him off of the fans' backs. Because I'm certainly going to be si uh, singing. He's a. I'm not going to say the word on here as soon as I get in the stadium when we play <laughs> against Chelsea. So he needs to make a statement and he needs to put some money in the squad and prove that he actually cares about us so uh, i'm not questioning it at all let's get some other questions thank you daryl for the nice comment really appreciate that mate uh let's go to uh reggie perry uh pablo says what do you think about the board's ambitions uh for this season not what you hope they are what do you think and they are expecting them to be yeah, I mean, yeah, it's obviously what I hope and what I think is <laughs> two completely different things. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, um, when 
obviously we've done all the protests and everything else. I thought we was actually going to start seeing a change. Um, Josh came out and saying that we're going to start seeing a lot more of them. They're going to be showing their faces. I don't expect them to come out and talk to us about Ben White and rumours and all this and that. But since since then, I have not seen much progress. So, yes, we've been linked with a lot of players. Yeah, we have been linked with a lot of players. Um, but they're just links. And, I mean, we don't need links. We need players to come in and change this club. Yeah? And it frustrates me, the fact that... Um, it's almost like they pull a wall over our eyes just as the transfer window is about to start every single season. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to be with the fans. And it, it never are. The, the, this, this club is so disconnected with, with, between board and fan base that um, I think they've got a lot of work to do in order to f- build a bridge and get us back together again. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, how does the club, this is a good one. For, <laughs> how does the club offload Willian, Jared? How are you going to answer this one? How do we do it? How do we mission impossible? Yeah. Mission impossible is right. It, it's pretty tough when he didn't play well at all last year, really, you know, you say he had five assists, but I think two or three of those came in the opener against Fulham. Didn't really do much the rest of the year. He's over 30, he's on an enormous contract. I mean, everything you could have working against you in terms of getting rid of a player, we have working against us on him. I, I saw the other day that, I don't know if he said it or if someone was kind of saying it for him, that he was a, quote, prisoner of his contract, and that's why he couldn't move to another squad. Well, if that's the case, we can strike up a deal and just tear the thing up and say, hey, go go do as you wish. We'd be happy to do that in his case. But it, while he says that, he's obviously not going to give up the large chunk of money he's got coming to him from Arsenal. As far as offloading them, my confidence that that's going to happen, you know, in April was was fairly high. Now, you know, we're getting end of July, almost into August. It it's kind of waning a little bit. I, I hope it gets done because I really don't want him here another year. But I think to a lot of people's disappointment, if the season's starting, he's still here. I think not only will he still be in the squad, I think we're going to see him play some from time to time. So I think that's just going to really add to everyone's anger with him still being here is the fact that I think he will still get some minutes here and there. Yeah, I just can't see it. I mean, it leads quite nicely on to the next question, Vinny from Ed, who says, who are we going to be stuck with on September 1st out of Willian, Nelson, Bellerin, Cedric and Xhaka? And I'm going to add to that Nketiah, Maitland-Niles and Lucas Torreira as well. Um, Hopefully not Bellerin. Um, there it is he's got his little dig in Bellerin today there you go I I think Sadrek will end up staying I I, I think him him and Chambers are probably what we're likely to be going into the season with I think Niles is touch and go I'm I'm really annoyed with Niles because he had so much potential as a player and and if he if he was able to play that utility role and happy to play it rather than thinking he's a central midfielder, which I don't think he's got the talent to do at a top Premier League club. I think Niles would have been a really good player for us. I hope he can stay and turn it around, but I I don't think he will. But out of them, I think we're stuck with Willian. Um, I think we're stuck with, uh, yeah, Willian and Cedric, um, we'll be stuck with out of them. Just someone's put in the chat box asking, did I see a post from Matt Ryan in hospital? What's happened to Matt Ryan? I've just seen a picture of procedure done now to smash the rehab and get back out there in a few weeks. Thanks for all the messages of support. I wonder what he did. It looks like he's done his knee 
from the looks of things on a picture. So maybe it's a good thing we didn't <laughs> didn't make it permanent. He's still got that little bit of Arsenal in him after he's gone, getting injured, of course, before he plays a single game. That's how it goes. So yes, Adia, we we have now seen Matt Ryan's post about him in hospital. Also, everyone who <laughs> everyone caught says Matt with two T's. He's only got one. I'm going all teacher on everyone now. It's one T. It's just M A T. Alex questions uh, Pablo. He says, "Are Calvin Phillips or James Will Prowse not the perfect Shaka replacements?" I would love Phillips. I'll be one. Will uh, Prowse as well is a brilliant player. But even before the World Cup and stuff like that, I mean, watching Phillips play is is. I think he's going to be a special kid. That <laughs> he's literally he's got so much talent, and it frustrates me every time I watch him because I think he's exactly what we need in that midfield. And if we had someone like him, homegrown, obviously now I think because of the Euros, he's going to cost a fortune. Um, and probably out of our price range. But he would have been a brilliant player to have. I really like Kevin Phillips. Calvin, Breaking bit Calvin. of news uh, for guys in the chat box. Uh, Akil says, have you seen the news about Joe Willock and the AS Monaco links? Uh, I've just had a quick Google. And Loic Tanzi, uh, who writes for RMC Sport, usually pretty you know, good for, for French football information, uh, says, while the track leading to Jean-Lucas uh, of Marseille, oh, sorry, of Lyon is not moving forward, for the moment, AS Monaco is exploring the case of Joe Willock, the 21-year-old Englishman, already has a solid CV with 54 Premier League appearances, played since the start of his career. And of course, that loan spell at Newcastle would have been quite a big one. So, Jared, what, what do you make of this kind of news coming out of Monaco linked with uh, with Willock? It's an interesting one. It's definitely the first I've heard of it. Um, yeah. You know, I would put a good price tag on him. I would go into those negotiations saying this is a 30 million pound player in our eyes and, and kind of start from there. Uh, I'm one that I'm willing to sell Joe Willick. I, I know a lot of people after his run at Newcastle want to keep him and see how he develops. And if he's here at the start of the season, I, I won't be upset. I think he is a talented player, but he's not going to continue the type of run he had at Newcastle, certainly scoring every single game. So I think his value is kind of at a peak. So I'm at a point now where if we can kind of take advantage of that and move him on to a club that's got a little bit of money, which, you know, I'm not sure Monaco's financial situation. You, you hear Monaco, you think they've got some money, but that may not be the case. Uh, but I, I would happily move him on if they're willing to give us a good amount for him. And the other thing about Willick, you know, if we're talking about him as a 25, 30 million pound player, not only is his value the highest it's ever been, and people won't like me saying this, but you know, football's a funny game. Things change so rapidly. It's very possible his value is the highest it will ever be right now. You really don't know how they're going to develop. So if an offer came in and we could take advantage of it, you know, I would I would like to see him moved on if we can get 25 million plus and, and put that towards, you know, something that's more suited for the style we're going to play. I'm just looking at whilst you were talking there, kind of Monaco's capacity. Of course, we have to paint them with the brush that they are a league and a club right now that are facing difficulties based off the TV rights situation with Media Pro. However, Monaco have spent a lot of money recently. I mean, they spent in 2021, uh, sorry, in 2020, they spent 52 uh, million euros bringing in players. They spent 200 million euros in, in 2019, believe it or not, on players. So they are not. I mean, estranged to, to spending a lot of money. The year before that, they spent 145 
million euros. They've spent the year before that. They spent 122 million. This I know they've got a lot of money from uh, the Mbappe departure and the Bernardo Silva and Bakayoko and, and Benjamin Mende, but they they've spent a lot. Alan Maximan left to go to Nice for for 10 million, which I wasn't even aware of. They lost Guido Carrillo to Southampton, 22 million. Of course, this is all with the help of Luis Campos. Uh, you remember the guy uh, Thomas Lamar went to Atletico Madrid. Fabinho went to Liverpool. Congolo went to Huddersfield for 20 million euros and they're now in the championship. Rashid Gazelle went for Leicester for 14 million euros. Uh, you scroll up, Yuri Tielemans to Leicester for 45 million euros. Ronnie Lopez to Sevilla for 25 million euros. They, it's, it, they've made a lot of money. This, this is the conclusion. And so they're, they're not necessarily going to be, you know, hamstrung by that as much as, say, maybe some other Liga clubs might have been. I don't know what their current situation is, and I definitely have to do a lot more looking into it, and this is purely based off research of about five minutes of looking into their transfers. But, you know, if, if Willock is interested there, we and we might want a certain French midfielder from then, and, and Tuchemeni could be someone that we could look at, very highly rated French midfielder. Maybe something could happen there. Uh, Inny uh, in the chat box has dropped in a super chat and says, this window uh, and lifted restrictions will cement the EPL's financial might, making much harder to sell to foreign clubs and more expensive to buy from them. It's already expensive for for clubs to sign from anywhere if you're a Premier League side because continental teams tend to hike up the price. I mean, PSV have just sold Donia Marlin to Borussia Dortmund, £25 million. You can imagine if an English team went to PSV and said, we want Donia Marlin, it would have been a lot more than £25 million that they would have been asking to pay. So it is a very good point. Let's try and go around the group one more time with questions and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, Vinny said, uh, sorry, Vinny doesn't say, but this is a question for Vinny from Orla who says, how many games do we give Arteta next season? Arteta seems to continue his outdated and boring. I don't know how he knows that he's been able to continue the, <laughs> the season was done. But go on, how, do you, how long do you think he's going to have? I think you got to give him towards Christmas time, November time again. If, if we see ourselves anywhere near where we was like in game week 15 or 16 this year where we were 15th in the league, he needs to go. But I, I, I have faith in him. I, I think he, he looks good. Uh, apart from obviously playing Xhaka at left back, uh, which was baffling what he was doing in that semi-final against Villarreal. I, I have faith in Arteta. I think he's got no excuses this year. He's being able to bring in players that he wants to, to make, play the way he wants. So give him till November and then we go from there. I, I I would give him a little less than that, surprising maybe from my position. I, I just think I'd go for, say, the first 10 games. And I just I think that maybe half of through the season is, is a bit too late if things are going wrong to try and push for a top four place. It's just, it's, I, I, you, you guys know how much I stood by him next to last season, but I just feel like from day one, it's going to be absolute pressure. And if things aren't going well, then then we need to probably take action earlier. But it's, it's, and it's, I think it's possible as well because obviously we've invested in a lot of young players. So you wouldn't necessarily have to deal with a situation like we have on our hands right now with so many, you know, so much deadwood that we need to move on. So maybe that would be, uh, different. Uh, Tears of Disgust, uh, Pablo says, am I crazy? A hot take. I would rather be able to get rid of all of the Deadwood players this summer than getting, say, two to three new signings in. Give me one CDM, sell Bellerin and co, and I'm happy. Thin that squad. I don't care. (laughs) What do you think of that, Pablo? Um, I've actually got a different point of view to that because I reckon our squad needs strengthening. And um, it kind of goes hand in hand with the last question Vinny just got as well is if Arteta's not backed, how can you then like 
blame him for where we're going to finish because we finished eighth with the squad that we got. If we don't mm. actually improve the squad that we got, where do we expect to finish when everybody else is improving around us? So to me, one of the main priorities is actually bring. I know selling players is a priority because we can't bring players in without selling them. But to me, we need to we need to bring players in. This squad is just not good enough. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. I'd love to see us move all the deadwood on. I'm hoping that we will see plenty of them moved on. But I, I look at this season as an opportunity. I look at it as a real big chance for Arsenal to genuinely push for that top four place because we are without European football. I mean, Jared, we'll finish on this. Do, how do you feel about kind of the window? I know you, you weren't with us for the start of the episode, so I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about this. How do you feel about how Arsenal are approaching this window with the style of, <clears throat> style of players they're looking at and, of course, the way they're trying to sell players and finding quite a, quite a bit of difficulty in doing that as well? As far as the players we've been linked with, you know, I've been pretty happy when you look at, you know, I want a central or defensive midfield type player and we've been linked with Locatelli, Ruben Neves a little bit, both players I like and would be happy to have. As far as the outgoings, you know, I I mean, we, we knew going into the summer it was going to be tough. When you've got a lot of guys that just aren't desirable, it's going to be tough to move any of them out, let alone all of them. I, I think the club certainly has the desire to do that. I think we saw that in January, the way they were pretty aggressive in moving out Ozil, Kalazanach, and, and that group, Mustafi. So I think their intentions and what they'd like to do doesn't differ a whole lot from most of us as fans. We want to see all of those guys go out and as far as the guys we're linked to coming in, most of them are guys I would like to see come in as well. So I don't think we're in a bad place in terms of what we would like to happen uh, as far as the team, but it's just going to prove really difficult. You know, when you, it's tough to sell something that nobody wants to buy. And we've got that as the case for a number of different players. So it's just going to be difficult. Um, like everybody else, I'd like to see our squad size trimmed down, even if we have to sell those players at a slightly lower value than what they're probably worth. Someone like Jaka, in reality, is probably worth more than $20 million. If we get $20 million for him, I'd be thrilled. But with the size of our squad and not having European football, you know, we're in a place where realistically, for every one player we wanted to bring in, we could start, turn around and sell two or three. We have that big of a squad. So even if you're selling at a slightly lower price than what you'd like, you can still generate some funds, hopefully, to bring in a few guys that we would all like to see come in. But like I said, I, th I think the front office has gotten a lot of flack for not wanting to do kind of the things we all want them to do. And, and I really don't think that's the case. I think if they had their druthers, they would kind of be on the same page with all of us and want these exact same things to happen. It's just really, really difficult to get done in one window, especially when the set assets you're trying to move just aren't desirable at all. It's, it's gonna. It's such a tricky window for for Edu, and I do have a lot of sympathy for, for what he's got to try and do this window with the players he's got to move on, and of course improve the squad too. And uh, we will just see what happens on this. Uh, there is maybe a tweet uh, regarding Lautaro Martinez, but I'm not seeing anything from Fab. Someone said there's absolutely no chance. Is that what he said? But I've not seen it. I think that pretty much doubled down on, on what we thought anyway. It would be a massive surprise if Arsenal ever would have got uh, Lautaro Martinez. But, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Thank you so much to my panel. Uh, I can see you guys are getting a lot of love in the chat box. It's been a fantastic show. As uh, And a massive thank you to Kian, who did join us earlier on in the show and has had untold amount of internet issues as well. But uh, Jared, thank you for jumping in at the second half of the show. Really appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Always, uh, always a pleasure to jump on and chat with you guys for a bit.
No problem at all. Vinny, always a pleasure. Glad that you stayed behaved throughout the hour. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, it's a good job you didn't ask me the question about William, um, about how we should get rid of him. Uh, but everyone hit a like in, in the box below. It helps out the channel and it takes two seconds. Thanks, mate. Thank you. If you please, please could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. And if you want to show a little bit more support, you know, you can vote for us in the FCAs as well. Information is rolling across the bottom of your screen now. Pablo, always a pleasure to have you on the show and, and good to speak to you again, mate. Well, thanks for having us again, Tom. Really enjoyed the chat. It's been a while since I've been on. So, yeah, it's nice, nice to catch up again. No problem at all. You can find Pablo on Twitter at PabloMira11. You can find Jared at JC underscore AFC as well. It's a really fantastic follows. And you can find Vinny in the Discord server because he, he just hates social media. So uh, uh, The sexy bald man on Instagram. <laughs> or you can find him at the sexy bald man in, on, on Twitter if you if you want to find him. Um, but yeah, 100%. Do give these guys a, a lot of love because they've been speaking fantastically about everything that we've had to talk about today. And if you'd like to find us, you can at the Goon and Talk TV on Twitter and at Tom Cantor Media myself. This isn't going to be your last show of the day. We are going to be doing a tactical breakdown on uh, Matroid Jallo, the uh, Pachos de Freya. Tell me, Pablo, that was probably a horrific pronunciation, but uh, it's it's Passos, is it? Because you don't you pronounce the C with the little accent on the bottom with like a, a hard sound. It's not like a yeah, sh it's, like it's like Pachos. a <laughs> I'm going to be practicing in front of the mirror for hours. Pachos de Ferreira is, I think, how you pronounce it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a show on him to give you guys all the insight. So uh, maybe I'll just record Pablo saying it and then just, you know, feed it in on like a hot key and we'll do it in that sense. Um, but thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you a little bit later on. And if not, of course, you can join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for your next transfer update show. It's been a pleasure to speak to you guys, as always. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.